What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dimatobano. Fellas, how are we feeling? Jets are back this week. Jets are back. Feel liberated. It just <laughs> Sunday just doesn't feel the same. You know, I, I feel complete. I think that's the best way to put it. Like, like we were saying, like just watching fucking fantasy purposes was fucking annoying. I need to get back in the action on the grind, and I think the Jets are going to get pull this one out. Right. Let's start right here. Jets Patriots. Um, the second time the Jets are playing the Patriots. Obviously, we were at the last one. Mm-hmm. Was not fun. Zach looked horrible. Um, but they did bounce back and get a massive win over the Buffalo Bills. Ray, you said you like the Jets here. Three and a half right now for the Patriots. I love that for the Jets. Um, how are you feeling about this game? We never win in New England. Yeah, I mean, that line's, I think, as I was going to say, that line's very appropriate, I think, just because mm-hmm. uh, that home field advantage plus the way we always play the Patriots. I think we've lost 13 straight or something along those lines. But this game's going to come down to our offensive line being able to bounce back and actually win in the trenches against them. Uh, like that first game, I feel like our offensive line could not get their running game going. We kind of bailed from it too quick. And then the obviously the elephant in the room, Zach's got to protect the ball this time, and he's got to play like he played against Buffalo. Uh, get the ball out on time. Enough of that drifting side to side and backward shit. If you don't have anything, find a gap and run or throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went over this in the recap after the Bills game when I talked about how Zach took off a full second off of uh, his his how long he was holding the ball against the Pats against the, versus the Bills, and obviously we saw how effective that was. He was hitting his checkdowns, and that was obviously huge. I hate that Ray brought it up because that was obvious. This was a part of the game that I wanted to bring up definitely the most because it is going to be the key here and it's going to be that Jets O line. I really think they're starting to mesh. Obviously, we saw them just play really, really well against the Buffalo Bills team and specifically D line that rotates a ton of fresh guys and a ton of very talented guys. And they've been extremely successful this year. And the Jets O-line wore them down, kept Zach upright, and ended up gashing him for 176, most notably in the fourth quarter where they were running all over him, and really that D-line couldn't do fucking shit about it. Against the Pats, you know, you can't let Matt Judon, who leads the league in sacks with 12, just absolutely do whatever the fuck he wants. I'm pretty sure both tackles, Dwayne Brown and Cedric uh, O, I'm not going to try his last name because I will fuck it up. But anyway, they both let up, I think, exactly five uh, pressures in the game against the Pats two weeks ago. And that obviously needs to change. That's going to be the same O-line. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I feel like on a whole, though, like for the like the year, our offensive line, considering how much fucking damage and injuries we've taken, the offensive line has held up incredibly well. Yeah, uh, that Patriot game is really the only game I can think of on top of my head where like we didn't like establish our presence and establish the running game at all. I think, and you could also debate it. I don't know, but maybe we, yeah, so maybe we we got off the run a little too early in that game, where like because as we saw during that Bills game, that fourth quarter, we just took over. We just out physicaled them. Um, I think it's a different challenge, a different beast when you're going up against a uh, uh, Bill Belichick defense that got those mul- mul- the multiple fronts. Sorry about that. Um, 
But I think the running game, it's gonna, it all starts there. They need to run the ball effectively. And it does. obviously this offense opens up when that happens. It does. And obviously Nate Herbig has been a big, big, big part in that. He's came in as the third string right guard. And he sneakily has, he's sneakily top five in the league over the past few weeks since he has come in, in a run block grade, grade I believe schedule adjusted run block grade which is definitely the uh, a little bit more race shaking his head. Cause I said an analytical, uh, I said, so, I said something. You just said schedule adjusted run block grade. You don't reference those stats in my presence. Well, if I just I, did Ray. Off- I just did Ray. And it, it tends to be definitely the more accurate stat. So it's definitely worth saying now, obviously we have to get back to the other side of the ball and talk of course about Josh Allen, who, did not seem to be phased last week against the Vikings with as far as his uh, elbow injury. He was able to sling it. He did not end up. Yeah, Ray. Uh, how did we get to Josh Allen? <laughs> Where are we going? We're talking, aren't we still talking to the Jets, Pats? What's, what just happened here? Oh, shit. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I blacked out. You just went on a fucking run on set. I blacked out. I blacked out. Me and Ray just got so Holy confused. Holy shit. What the fuck? I I was trying to piece together in my head where you were possibly going. Yeah, no, I blacked out. That, that was fucking amazing. Holy I mean, Dylan is- <laughs> just stop recording. No, dude, Dylan says it all the time. We need video. We need something to do with video for purposes <laughs> like these. Mine and Sauce's face when you started talking about Josh Allen, I was like, because oh. I saw him like I didn't, I didn't get why your face was that. I his eyes are going back, wrong. so like he's thinking. And I'm I didn't like, say anything wrong, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, why are they making that face? I'm pretty sure I'm just. Shit. I thought you were gonna reference how we played against Josh I agree. last then, week. Nah, <laughs> not at all. So his elbow. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm operating off of like four hours of sleep for like three <laughs> days in a row. I, I I don't I don't need excuses other than that, dude. I'm I'm out here like a motherfucking indentured servant, so I I, I I'm not sorry about that. Oh fuck! I just want to take a break. Okay. I just I'm try gonna, going. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tie and try to tie a bow on that one. But uh, <laughs> oh my god, that was fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway. This game, oh God, I can't even think about anything. But I don't even know what this has happened. Um, okay, we'll I, was about to, I was about to do a full preview. Is because we're talking obviously about the Bills, the Bills defense really not affecting the Jets' offensive line as much as we thought it would, and how our old line was doing really well. And I kind of just, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give my quick thoughts, and then let's please move on. Um, we never win in New England. Um, I'm very worried about that, especially both of us coming off buys. Belichick preparing for two weeks. Um, that does worry me a little bit, but the one thing I am not worried about is this Patriots offense against our defense. Our defense has looked great um, pretty much the entire season, but the last four weeks especially, we've looked awesome. I don't think they can just score at will on us. I don't think anybody in the league can score at will on us, honestly. Um and I think our defense is going to give us a shot in any game, and it's going to come down to Zach like it always does. 
I agree. And one point on one point on the defense, uh, we got to figure out a way to stop Ramondre Stevenson because that guy did whatever he wanted to uh, when we played them last week, uh, last game rather, and especially in the passing game. So they got they got to make sure the key on that. Right. Well, okay. Now let's move on. After yeah, we're going to move on. Um, wow, all time moment on BTT. Can't wait. Um, to thank you guys for sharing in that that experience with us. Um, next game we're looking at. Um, Dallas on the road at Minnesota, Dallas, a heartbreaking loss against green Bay. That absolutely fucked me last week. Um, and Minnesota, we talked about it, but an unbelievable win over Buffalo, the Cowboys still a one and a half point favorite right now on the road. Dino, what do you think about this game? This is a really good matchup. Honestly, I'm really excited to see this game. It is. Do you mind, uh, you mind saying the spread on this puppy? It's one and a half. I did say it. You did? I said every game, and then you always repeat me, too. All I know is it started as a pick so it's interesting that it's going towards the Cowboys, considering the Vikings are going to be home. But we have an over-under. Did you say the over-under, too? No, I didn't. But okay, I didn't. Want, sorry, sir. 40, I didn't want to. It's forty-seven and a half. It's forty-seven and a half. Okay. Dean, I, know, I know you don't show up to the show a lot, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I read out the games and then I read the spread to every game. Yeah. And then I like semi-introduce the game for for the fans at home. And well, the well, team th- thanks for having me. But it's, it's okay. been fun yeah. being on the well, podcast. You are welcome here. But anyway, this this game is going to have to be a down a Dallas defensive ba- a bounce back game for sure. They just gave up 31 points to what was a completely anemic Green Bay Packers offense, uh, you know, nine weeks into the season, 10 weeks, but nine weeks for them. And then they just let up 31 points, most notably three touchdowns, Christian Watson. It's going to be really interesting to see if this defense can bounce back and especially create a turnover or two, maybe a strip sack by Micah Parsons or maybe even Trayvon Diggs pick who obviously has one of the best noses for the ball in the game right now. And then on the other side of the ball, Dallas really needs to have a, I think they need to approach this offensively the same way they approached it with green Bay, just have a very balanced game, uh, balanced run game with their passing game, kind of have it complemented. Dak cannot have two picks again. He, he really, he, Tony Pollard has looked great. I love Tony Pollard. Everyone should know that on this on this podcast by now. But he went for twenty two and one fifteen. So got to get that going. And then CD Lamb, if he can continue to kind of look like he's how he should have been thus far this season, he went eleven for one fifty and two touchdowns. Maybe sprinkle the ball of Michael Gallup. I, I definitely think they they have a good chance to bounce back and win this one. So I kind of agree with the the way the line is moving right now, and that's probably going to be based off of betting, uh, public betting right now. I guarantee at least 70, 65, 70% of the handles probably on the Cowboys. Right. Well, it's always it's always the big trend, obviously. You're betting on the teams that didn't cover the week before to the teams that did mm-hmm. cover, and especially for the teams that went outright um, for that line. Ray, know you're a big Vikings guy. They looked great uh, on Sunday against Buffalo. It was up and down for Kirk Cousins, but he made the big throws when he needed to, and the defense stepped up when they needed to. How are you feeling about this one? Kirk Thuggins. I mean, I think this line is very accurately uh, placed. I think that Dallas is rightfully the favorites. 
So I'm going to take like a Minnesota approach. I think in order for them to win this game, that defensive line, that defensive front, I guess, uh, has to really get after this Dallas Cowboy offensive line. Who they have, they have, they're not the same Dallas Cowboy offensive line from four years ago. You know, they got some uh, some youth, some inexperience too, and some guys who are, I guess, a little bit over the hump. So Zayary Smith, he's been an absolute game wrecker all year. He needs to fucking be in Dak's face and force Dak to have some turnovers. And then on the other side of the ball for them to win, it's going to come down to Kirk Cousins. I mean, the offense obviously is going to run. They're going to need to run the ball, but I think they'll do that with ease. It's going to come down to Kirk Cousins not turning the ball over and not making that like uh, prime time Kirk fucking like gaff that he that he's used to. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Thanks, Dean. All right, we'll move on to the last game, uh, Sunday night game. Chiefs at Chargers. The Chiefs a five and a half point favorite right now. Ray, we say it every week with the Chargers. Different looking team, and uh, they need to get healthy. But big divisional game here for them. Really could use a win to to keep themselves in the hunt for this division. Um, how you feeling about this game? A lot of guys banged up, especially for for the Chiefs offense too. A lot of guys banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I think this is kind of a season-defining game for the Chargers. If they can figure out a way to get a win here, I think that would really reestablish their uh, confidence, their groove. They have a quarterback that can keep them in any game. He's a top six, seven quarterback in the league right now. So I think they're going to have – they need to overcome these injuries. they got to get a statement win, and I think this is the spot that they need to do it, to be honest with you. I think if they lose this game, it, shit could start spiraling. But a win here, get some guys back healthy – and go on a little run. Um, maybe they, you do see them in like a five, as a five seed, six seed. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on those offensive injuries. Obviously, number one and number two are going to be most, most notably the Juju concussion, which I actually don't know what his progress is this far, but I do. Um, he did not practice today. Okay. That's that obviously, I would assume, does not look good for him. Considering it's a Sunday night game, maybe that's a little extra time that they need. Who knows? But Juju Smith-Schuster has been a very, very, very important factor for this offense and weapon. They've really started. He's really starting to click with Mahomes as he's making his MVP stretch. And then number two is going to be Andrew Wiley, the right tackle, who I believe sprained his elbow. And I know that he practiced today, so that looks good for him to start. That's going to be very, very important. And this this offense needs to really just be methodical. And again, we've said it several times, but they need to establish more of a run game, which they have started to do so with Isaiah Pacheco starting to be the lead back there. I believe Clyde Edwards Alaire had zero yards, and they're really just starting to go with Pacheco, who I think had 22 total touches last week. They keep going with him, and they really do manufacture some run game. I think they can really exploit this this Chargers defense. Yeah, it's not a great matchup for the Chargers defense, uh, um, but, I mean, who has a good matchup against, against the Chiefs offense? Mm-hmm. Um, but we mentioned it. Juju did not practice today. He's got two more chances to get back on the field. I don't know. They've been... So reluctant to put guys out there after the two stuff with all the concussions. Um, MVS had an illness, likely, I'm assuming he's going to play. Um, and then Michael Hardman also, um, with an abdomen injury, didn't play last week. So we'll see what his deal is. Maybe they get Kadarius Tony a little bit more involved. 
Um, this would be a big game for him to step up, if, especially if two of those guys are out. One last thing on this matchup is um, the Chargers defense. I know they've like, obviously been super banged up and everything, but has this been like one of the most disappointing units to date, like in the NFL? I think yeah. like everyone thought they were going to be like a really good on paper. They're really good. And I thought yeah. so too, but they're allowing 25.3 points a game. That's kind of insane. Like their point differential, they're in the, in the, uh, the red. Uh, it's pretty crazy that like their defense is uh, disappointed so much. Yeah. When I think of the most disappointing units in the NFL right now, as far as uh, either an offensive or a defensive standpoint, I think of this defense for sure. And then probably the Bucks and Rams offense. Probably number one, number two, and number three. But obviously, we'd be remiss not to talk about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who are both slated to practice and, well, on a limited capacity and do individual drills. But if they could somehow get one of them or even potentially both of them back, that could be huge. Absolutely huge. I am actually a huge fan of DeAndre Carter, who had a good game last week for the Chargers and seemed to really sync up well with with uh, Herbie. But for him to finally get his one and two back, maybe this offense could start to gel and actually look like the team they were supposed to be. All right. All right, fellas, that'll do it for our previews. Um, next thing I just kind of wanted to touch on, we're going to have a little, little quick chat. Um about roster building and about team building. Um, we are a draft podcast at heart. We love this time of the year. College football is starting to come to a close. We're finally starting to get into some, some film evaluation, which I'm pumped for. Um, and each week, the draft order looks a little different. Um, we did some draft stuff last week, but I kind of wanted to talk about, especially these teams now that are moving first-round picks for players um, in order to go all in. We saw it with the Rams, what they did with Matt Stafford. They went all in for him. They they traded those picks, and it paid off for them. They won a Super Bowl. Um, but we have four teams in the top ten currently slated right now that don't have their, their number one overall pick. The Saints, um, the Broncos, the Rams, and Cleveland all thought they would be playoff teams, maybe barring the Browns, uh, with the whole Watson stuff. Um, but New Orleans made that crazy trade with Philly, thought they were a player or two away, and they're not. Um, and now they're sitting at four. You miss out on that fourth pick and you don't have a quarterback, really tough. Denver, obviously, the move for Russell Wilson, they're at seven. The Rams are at eight, and the Lions have their pick, and the, the Browns are at nine. Ray, as Jet fans, we're team builders. I mean, the draft is always our Super Bowl. We are big stockpiled assets, um, but how do you feel about sort of the shift in thought almost um, that draft picks don't matter and you can buy the players that you need to win a championship? I mean, I don't necessarily think that that's like kind of like the moral of the story in all those trades, except for, I guess, the Rams, but not even like, I guess the Rams' current position, they said, fuck those picks, but... (laughs) <laughs> the, main, the main thing that they want to go get, the main like common denominator for all these teams, except for one, is that they want to go get a quarterback. Right. Like they said, "Fuck, well, will we will mortgage the future if we can go get a franchise guy." So the the Rams did it with Stafford, and no matter what happens in the future, it worked. They won. They right. got them over the hump. They won the Super Bowl. 
I mean, we did also just see it with the the Dolphins giving up a first for, for Bradley Chubb. Not a not a quarterback there. Yeah, um, I mean, oh, they also oh. forfeited their own first round pick for tampering. Um, so like they're another team that's like all in. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to go all in, when you go all in to go on like the top two th- three premium positions. Like especially one, I don't think one first round picks the same thing as mortgaging your future. Even though it's a it's a hefty price, but it's not mortgaging your future. Like, for example, Seattle giving up two first round picks for fucking Jamal Adams is insane. Like, yes. <laughs> that's mortgaging your future for a safety. That's stupid. And I I would argue New Orleans making that trade that they did, um, last year and not targeting a quarterback. I think that was one of the most mind boggling moves we've seen. I think we shit on it at the time too. But the other three teams, I mean, Denver. They really thought they had a playoff roster. They really liked their coach, which does not look good. I think they kind of underestimated how much Vic Fangio meant to that defense. I don't think it's the same. I mean, they're still a really good defense, but I think Vic Fangio is a lot better than they gave him credit for, and I think Hack is kind of a lot worse. But they went and got someone who's a Super Bowl winner. Um, The Rams, like I said, they got Stafford. And then uh, the Browns, I mean, you can debate all you want trading someone who has 20 like sexual assault outstanding cases on them. Crazy enough, but it was a quarterback football terms. The Saints, I think, it was fucking insane. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, th- it really was. It was just wild. I I guess to add, because I think Ray covered a lot of that, I really think what he's trying to say is it. even though the Rams were an outlier, they are going to be screwed for the long term. I think we all realize that. And at the end of the day, that's just – and this is this is common knowledge. That's just not the way to team build. It isn't. The way to team build will always be premium picks in the NFL draft. That's just how it is. That's why they're so coveted. That's why you don't see any NBA, you know, trades even close to it, even though somehow the Rams are trying to fucking do it. Well, by it's the, the it's well, it's five the, years down their future. It's the best market for teams in sports. I think that's obviously a given. But um I mean, the most valuable asset in all of sports is the quarterback on the rookie contract. Yeah. We always say, I mean, great teams are usually built with that quarterback still on his rookie contract because you can fill out the rest of your roster with premium players and you don't have to pay the quarterback. Um, obviously, we can't say anything about the Rams, even though they're miserable right now. I'm very, very worried about their future because they really don't have a ton of picks and they really have gone in with this star mentality, but they won. But the thing so it is, doesn't matter. The thing is, it's going to be it most likely or not will be a new regime, and they're going to tear it down, and then they'll have to build the right way. But at the same time, they won. Like, so right. who gives a fuck? It's, right. it's going to be new guys totally. anyway. So, like, totally. like I think McVay's probably gone within a couple of years. Uh, their GM will probably bounce, and then most of their core I think is up in the next two or three years. So, yeah, they're kind of in a tough spot, but it's going to be all new people having to fucking build it back up. Right. Question: Since we're talking Rams, sorry to kind of take us a little bit off topic. Considering we saw Aaron Donald get really close to retiring this year, he set it out this offseason. I believe he has, uh, I believe he's inked a like a three year contract, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, so, assuming he has two more years left, do you think he just calls it or retires anyway, considering he was really close to do so in the offseason? I think it's definitely possible. I think possible, within, yeah. all I know is within the next two to three years, that core is just going to be gone. And gone. I'm pretty, and I don't see McVeigh uh staying around but who knows i think that's what i know that's what the talk of the town is at least or talk of twitter 
<laughs> Talk of the town square. Well, yeah. yeah. He'll go. Uh, he'll go on TV. <laughs> he'll, do, he'll do TV and make a fuck ton of money. Oh, you do whatever the fuck he wants. He can come. I, I'll fucking pay him. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna stop. You gonna pay him? I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking stop. <laughs> um. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what these teams end up finishing like. Um. Because if if all these teams, honestly, these teams are not good. So I feel like all these teams are going to kind of hang around too in this area. Uh, uh, I, I think the Rams pick will end up being like more in the 15 range. Personally, they're struggling, but I think they get back on track. Yeah, everybody's everybody. I mean, everybody's pretty close right now. Um, I think there's like nine teams with three wins. Yeah, that's actually crazy. Um, but Houston in a great spot. I mean, <laughs> Houston in a great spot. They're one seven and one. Uh, <laughs> but with the current slated number one pick and possibly another high pick in the top 10. Um, I mean, the Eagles, what can we say any more about them? They're yeah. just riches on riches for them. Um, Seattle has done it the right way and they might get a top 10 pick from Denver. The lions obviously are struggling, but could have two top 10 picks. So it'd be really interesting. It's fucking crazy. Uh, all these trades now. I love it. It's like Madden. It is. It is. It is like Madden. It's like kind. Of, it's kind of wild the shakeup, especially when you just when you just scroll down the twenty twenty three draft order and just a ton in the first, you know, in the first round you just see in parentheses from 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 indicating right. that there's just so many trades that have happened over the past years. Honestly, I think more of this conversation should even be just devoted to the fact that a lot of these teams really set themselves up well. Obviously, I, I obviously we you just touched on them. Yeah, and I think we'd also even be remiss to to not mention the 49ers who traded a boatload of picks to move up for Trey Lance, and they just traded a boatload of picks for Christian McCaffrey too. Um, and they one of those guys isn't playing right now, which is uh, they, they, they kind of scary. Putting all, all their cards onto uh into Jimmy G, baby, sex god. All right, fellas. I like that. We'll, we'll do we'll do some more stuff like that, um, especially as the season comes to a close in college football. Um, let's get to some bets, though. Dino, you started off for us here. Please, I'm going. I'm riding with my with my uh, my road warriors, my road dogs. I got them for both of my bets. I put half of my load, two and a half units, on the Jets plus three and a half. We went over it in depth, minus one ten. Then. It is still a widely available line. I know that it's been kind of going back and forth between three, three and a half, but you can still get Titans at the Packers plus three and a half minus 120. Obviously, um, I believe it is still up in the air about Ryan Tannehill, even though he is likely to play. But I think that the I think Green Bay kind of won in an ugly way against a team that really didn't take them serious and was looking forward to the week after. And I think that the Titans defense is just going to ransack this Green Bay offense. They're not going to let Christian Watson get three touchdowns over the top. There's just no way, shape, and hell. And then on top of that, I expect a nice Titans bounce back, especially in the run game where King Henry only went for about 85 yards. He's going to get back on track, maybe have one of his patented you know, 162 touchdown games, and I think they have a good chance to win this game. Nice. Ray, what do you got? 
So I started off, I took a little bit of page from your playbook sauce. I went with a money line parlay. Love those money line parlays. Yeah, so I got Baltimore uh, money line. They're home versus Carolina. I think they're just way better than them. It's like minus 800. I think it's a gimme, obviously. Uh, Bills home against Cleveland, minus 385. I think the weather's supposed to be an absolute disaster. So the one thing I'm worried about now is if it gets moved. But if they play in Buffalo, I just don't see Buffalo losing three games in a, lo- in a row. That run defense is going to have to hold up, but I think they get it done. And then uh, Philly at Indy. Again, I think this game's going to be a little closer. That's why I didn't want to take the spread. Uh, I love me some Jeff Saturday, but I think Philly's going to pull it out. I don't think the Colts are uh, talented enough to beat Philadelphia. So that was three units, minus 116. And then my last two units, I'm putting on a teaser. I've been hitting a couple in a row, so let's keep it fucking going. Uh, seven point Rams plus 10.5 at New Orleans. I don't think New Orleans is a good team either, so I think – uh, Rams getting 10 points plus is fucking gimme. And then Jets at New England plus 10. Ride with my guys. Love it. Say. Love it. <laughs> All right. I got a few here. Um, first one, I got my, I got Washington money line um, at Houston minus 164. Um, Houston is not good. Washington coming off a massive win. Washington quietly five and five. Um in the best division in football, which is ridiculous. Um, Carson Wentz may be back this week. I don't think they give him the start. Uh, how could you give him the start? Heineke's looked good. They, they, already, they already announced it. That Heineke. It's Heineke? Yeah. yeah. Um, Heineke's looked good. Um, I see them coming away with a win and being over 500 for this team is absolutely crazy because um, they are not good, but they're starting to get a little healthy. Dotson's back, so they got the full core now. A receiver. Um, Ray, I know you love this bet. First drive resulting in a punt. I've never seen a game that popped for a first drive punt than Rams Saints. I, I wish I could have taken first five drives our punts. This game's going to stink. Um, who knows if Stafford's going to play? I feel like he's not even going to want to be out there without Cooper Cup. But this offense will not be able to do anything without Cooper Cup. Very concerned for, for the Rams and uh, and New Orleans stinks. Um, so I got one unit on that as well, minus one forty. Um, and then I ended it with the six point tease. Um, I got Philly minus a half at Indy, coming off their first loss of the year. Felt like it felt like it was good for them to get it off, um, be done with it, and now you move on. They're going to steamroll the the Colts um, coming off loss. They're going to be fucking pissed off. And then full disclosure. I completely forgot about the 30 inches of possible snow in Buffalo. So I actually did take Buffalo minus a half or a minus one originally. And then I was like, ah, fuck. Like, this is not a good game, honestly, for, for the snow for them. Um, and I flipped it. I got Cleveland, even though I couldn't cash out. So I actually have both of these bets. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're so I'm hoping I'm hoping for a bill. I'm I'm hoping for a Bills like seven point win. Um, but I got Cleveland plus fourteen and a half at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo did not look good stopping the run last week or against the Jets, especially late in that game. Nick Chubb is the best running back in football right now. Sets up for a game against Browns to be really disgusting, honestly. Um, with that run game to possibly take over. Um, so I got three units on that. Yes, uh, right. Little insight from um, our beloved Buffalonian: uh, the snow is supposed to stop Sunday morning, 
So, yes, it's going to be 30 inches, but if they can clear the field, it's not going to be like coming down during the game as of right now. Well, if that's true, Vegas will fucking legit rob a bank, basically. Damn, Sauce looks absolutely defeated. Everyone in their mom. I'm still okay with 14 and a half. Everyone in their mom bet over 41 in this game. I got the other one, too, so. (laughs) Oh, my God. I got the other one. I mean, under. Did I say over? I meant under. I apologize. Also, I do just want to add, it is official. I believe Tannehill is uh, later today was uh, confirmed, even though he has not been practicing in full capacity, that he is actually going to be removed from the injury report and most likely playing Sunday, which I was obviously hopeful for when I bet Titans plus three and a half. Love it. Good shit, Dean. All right, fellas, that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our NFL preview. Stick with us. we got the college football playoff rankings coming out next Tuesday, um, and we'll open up this playoff picture a little bit more, um, especially after the Jets stomp the New England Patriots. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two, and stick with us as we continue this 2022-2023 season. Fellas, appreciate you. See ya. All right.